Salatu wassalamu alayki ya Rasulallah. Salatu wassalamu alayki ya Habibullah. Salatu wassalamu alayki ya Shamsi Duha. Salatu wassalamu alayki ya Badri Duja. Salatu wassalamu alayki ya Nur al-Huda. Salatu wassalamu alayki ya Sahib al-Kaaba al-Kawsayn al-Adna. Salatu wassalamu alayki ya Insan Kamil. Assalatu wassalamu alayka ya rahmatullah. Assalatu wassalamu alayka ya Sayyid al-Awalin wal-Ahirin. Wassalamu alayhi wa sallim. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And bless, bless your family, oh beloved. Bless your companions. Bless your wives, bless your descendants, bless your inheritors, bless your lineages of mystical unveiling and, and bless your lineages of, of passionate love. Bless, um, bless all the family of prophets and messengers and mothers and bless this entire human family and bless this entire creation. Oh Allah, please, please make us be those who make things thrive and grow and flourish and bloom and blossom and fruit. May we be of those. Amin, amin, amin. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. So today, I would like to address um, steadfastness, strength, resoluteness, courage, um, those things that we don't necessarily often address, but that are absolutely necessary for the dervish path. And um, if we contemplate Quran, the life of the prophets, the life of the of Hazreti Maryam, we see what courage they had and what strength they had. Of course, they were divinely given it, but so are we. Everything we have is divinely given. And so we should also look to that quality. Is it Yaqawi, Yaqadir, um, Yaqayum? Uh, those are some of the divine names that um, I would say contribute to the, the qualities that we need on the dervish path. It, let's look at Hazreti Maryam salam, and how uh, you know she went, it said she, she went in retreat, so already that's a sign of resoluteness, of, of desire. Uh, irada is another um, quality that is part of this, this consolation, this group that we're looking at today. She wanted to retreat um, with her Lord. And look what happened to her. She received a child, a holy child. She received the Messiah, in fact, Messiah Jesus, alayhi salam, Christus. And um, think what courage it took. Uh, of course, we can say she had no choice, but still there was something in her that accepted the gift and then had to return. Imagine this virgin woman of a noble lineage who was brought up in the temple and uh, 
you know, uh, brought up by Prophet Zechariah, or let's say protected and overseen by Prophet Zechariah. And then she has to go back to her people with a baby. <laughs> and, and so what courage that takes. But um, she was told, and it's not clear whether it was the divine voice or whether it was Hajjati Isa's saying, but uh, I assume it's the divine voice speaking to her saying, you know, let him, let him talk <laughs> for you. And so, of course, we know that when she arrived and they said, oh my God, how could you do this? You are from such a good family. And, um, and then he said, he spoke out and he said, I am, I am Jesus. I am a prophet. <laughs> and of course, that uh, silenced them. An infant speaking to them like that, announcing his prophethood. So, um, but that's an example. She's such an example for us of, of courage in one's mission, courage in what one has been given. Um, contemplate Noah, Prophet Noah, alayhi salam, who was told years ahead to build an ark in a time when there was no, no, no water, no need for a boat on land, and how mocked he was. And this is one of the afflictions that prophets and lovers of God also have to suffer, is being mocked, being ridiculed. And that's very hard on, on the nefs. So, um, and for him, uh, for the prophets, it's hard also because um, they love their people. You know, there is that inherent love and, and they want to save them. <clears throat> they want them to be convinced and to come. And so he would preach uh, day and night and uh, very few, as we are told, believed in, in, in what he was saying and very few got into the ark. And then the waters came, of course, and then he was proved uh, true. Um, think of Isa alayhi salam, how he had to go against the, the ruling class of, of religious notables. And, um, and he went strongly <laughs> against them you know, to preach the words of his beloved, of his Lord, to say what he was told to say. And in a sense that all people are welcome here. You know, this message is for humanity, it's for the poor, it's for those who are not um, properly, uh, how would you say, um, in the proper circles. So we know that the message of Jesus addressed this, the, the ones in a sense, the poor, the ones in the street, the ones not religiously educated, um, how strong he was, how determined. And look at our prophet Muhammad what he had to go against. And it said that his, for him, it was the worst. It was long, very long for 12 years. He, from the time he received his message to the time he left Mecca, under the threat of, of death. And he was, he only left because his Lord told him to leave because they were going to kill him. And obviously, clearly uh, another way had been prepared for him and, and another community. 
and um, what he suffered, you know, prostrating and having uh, the innards of animals thrown on your back. He suffered, but even more than that, I think his suffering was that his people did not believe him and his people would not follow him. And so he said he felt like someone who had built a fire and the moss were coming and wanted to come in the fire and he kept trying, working so hard to keep the moss away, but they kept plunging into the fire. And he said he felt like the one also who would telling um, his people that there was an army coming, uh, a certain close uh, distance away and to prepare themselves and that the army was on its way and they wouldn't believe him and they went just about their kind of lackadaisical ways. So uh, we can't, I don't think we can imagine, but we can try to imagine the, the pain and suffering he went through, but his steadfastness was absolute. Although maybe he wavered a, a little bit toward his people wanting so much for them that you know, there was maybe a sense that could he, you know, change something? They asked him to change things in the Quran. So he said, no, but he, there must have been some ever so slight desire on his part to make things easier or more in, in their own way because Allah uh, reprimanded him in the Quran in the sense for that, saying, no, you can't, you can't change anything. Don't, don't try to soften the truth or alter the truth for the sake of, of it being accepted by your people. So, alhamdulillah, let's look at our dervish path. Let's look at our dervish sheikhs, how strong they were. Look at Musa Farifendi, rahmatullah, who as a, a young person, um, in a time, in a, in a, in a secular society for that's what it had become and there was of course there was a religious nugget within that secular society that still continued but it was um forbidden to print qurans well what did Effendi do he printed qurans you know and got into big trouble for that and ultimately thrown into jail um they say for political because they felt that he in a sense was a kind of opposition to government or could be a potential troublemaker. And, uh, and so he was put into jail. So, but he not only stood strong against an, a, a, a kind of tyrannical secular government, he also stood against the convention of pious religiosity. And, uh, and we know that, we, we know that he was criticized. So in his later years, in his early years, he was criticized by secular government. In the later years, he was uh, criticized by um, the, you know, some of these sort of uh, conservative religious elements. And, um, and even from within Sufism, when he came to America. So there again, he broke the boundaries of convention. So convention 
is a dark prison, as Sheikh Noor says in the Allahi. Convention is a dark prison. And that is another place where we need to be strong. So where does the dervish need to be strong? So against their own, uh, both outwardly and inwardly, but ultimately it, it's all in the inner because if, if we face an elder, we face it with our inner. So we need to be strong against fear. So fear is an element that's placed in all of us. Maybe they say that toddlers at a certain age, they don't have fear and it's amazing. You know, they'll go out and it's beautiful to see them because in a sense, they have that period of time where they're fearless. And so that is our inner heart. Let's say fearless, our heart is fearless. It's our minds that have been imbued and, and sort of, trained in, in fear. So we have to be strong to overcome that. And we have that beautiful salawat in the evening we're the salawat of deliverance, which asks to, to be free of um, fear. And um, we have to be strong against our own inner lethargy, against apathy. So this is an, a, a, the kind of weightiness of creation where we're tired, we're, we're, we're sort of lazy, we, we don't want to uh, persist, where we um, give up. That's an, another, um, let's say, weakness that we have to struggle against, or doubt, mental, mental doubt. And, and that goes with sometimes obsession and with mental confusion. Um, and then, yes, and, and then uh, convention. So, it takes strength to follow Allah. It takes a lot of strength, a lot of courage. Love, yes, of course, love is the origin. Love is the path, love is the goal. But, um, and, and love gives strength. I mean, that's where we derive our strength from. So maybe to call on our strength, we, we call on our, our, our love, our essential love. But we have to, uh, and we have to not be weak in that love is not weak. It does not, in that sense, um, give up. It doesn't give up. And, and, and another Allahi of Noor, where he says, you know, um, never give up on love. <laughs> never give up on love. So for the lovers, so that we always trust in love, and that gives us strength. Um, so, alhamdulillah, I, I thought I would read you something also from, you know, the classic um, of um, Kushairi, Abul Qasim al-Kushairi, rahmatullahi, Sufi book of spiritual ascent, where he speaks of, of the different qualities uh, needed that are on, needed on the spiritual path. And so um, he has a chapter on istikama, steadfastness, which is, um, in, as I say, one of the elements of, of strength and, and courage, determination. So he, he brings a beautiful quotation from Quran. Those who say, our Lord is Allah, and then are steadfast, so that's the word, steadfast, 
the angels descend upon them. And there's another where, you know, say Allah, say Allah and, and, and proceed. In other words, um, you know the truth. We've been given the truth. Uh, don't, um, don't drop it. Don't, um, don't weaken it. Uh, don't barter it. Don't trade it for something else. Um, and there's reprimand again, divine reprimand for those who bartered their religion, you know, for because maybe because of comfort or, or something else. But we realize this kind of bartering goes on on very subtle levels in ourselves and uh, toward others. So, what do we have to watch out for as dervishes? We have to watch out for. Yes, our own inner apathy, our doubt, our fears, our fears of what others will say, and also our fears of uh, giving in to fear. So, because that itself is a kind of um, betrayal. So any fear that we, that we totally give in to is in really a kind of betrayal of the truth. Because Allah says, don't fear me, don't fear anything else. And, and um, so we shouldn't fear opinion. And that's one of a, a very strong, so we think of fear coming from certain catastrophic events and that too, we shouldn't fear. And in our society, we know globally that fear was churned out. There was a fear-making machine that was going on in the last two years, three years, maybe two and a half, creating fear, creating, you know, uh, bad imagination, bad things uh, coming, happening to people, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. And so we all became kind of slaves to that. Not, I mean, I'm saying collectively, I'm not saying one or another person, of us, but collectively. So we have to stand against that and, and, and uh, not be afraid, not be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid of convention, of every society, every time, every culture has a certain narrative. And um, we have to be very careful that we don't give in to that narrative. So you could say at the time of the Quraysh, the narrative, uh, was of, you know, these honorable tribes and honorable people. They had a very strong sense of themselves, a very great memory. They would recite their ancestors for generations back. There was a great pride. There was even generosity, but it was a limited generosity and it was a generosity that was barter. It was for something in return. It was for to maintain and to prove one's nobility, one's wealth, one's power. Um, so that was the narrative at the time. And here comes the, the beloved prophet, peace be upon him, who's an orphan, who's poor, who's uh, illiterate in their terms, and begins speaking of um, of Allah, of Rahman, of uh, kindness, of freeing slaves, 
of uh, bringing women to the, to the stature of men, of um, side by side, to, of uh, being kind to animals and creatures and um, to walking humbly on the earth. So these, this went completely against the narrative of the time of the arrogance. So we have our narrative. There is a, a narrative going uh, in our culture. And so uh, we have to be careful that we're not, and it, it, it changes, the narrative changes. It's different. Maybe does it change every five years, 10 years, 20 years with every generation? But we have to become conscious uh, not to uh, be taken in by the narrative and, and really uh, grasp, realize what a responsibility we've been given, the amana of this, of becoming dervish, the amana of being infused with, with haq, with la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, Allah, who, and the divine names with the Quran, with the Salat, with uh, the five pillars. Um, what a great amana that is. That's our responsibility. Allah says, if you run after the world, um, if you chase the world, the world will run away from you and you will become exhausted and depleted. If you run after me, the world will run after you and you will receive all you need. So those who say our Lord is Allah and then are steadfast, the angels descend upon them. Sadakallahu al-Azim. Amin, amin, amin. Alhamdulillah. Rabbil alameen. Afatiya. Allahumma sayyana Sayyidina Muhammad. Walali Sayyidina Muhammad. Wasabi wa salam. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil alameen. Arrahman, irahim. Manik yawmitin. Iyaka nabudu wa iyaka nasta'in. Ihtina sarata mustakim, sarata nadina anamta alayhim, gaidam magdubi alayhim, waladolin, amin, amin, amin. I'd just like to say a few words that, you know, it, it's not easy always to be uh, Muslim in, in, in a predominantly uh, Judeo Christian culture. And now, of course, it's easier. It was very challenging, I would say, when the Fendi came in the late 70s and, and then Noor's time. And um, that's one level. It's not easy, or it wasn't then. Now, again, things are shifting so rapidly that um, the difficulties also have changed. But it wasn't easy to be a Sufi, a mystic, a mystic Muslim within a Muslim community. I mean, we had enough, a lot of tests at the time, particularly of Sheikh Noor, uh, Effendi, as I, I, I touched on uh, some of the tests he went through and we went through in the Dergal Farah uh, during Noor's time when, you know, people would come in and Muslim practitioners would come in and would, you know, be so shocked, wouldn't recognize their own religion and would begin, you know, in a kind of harsh manner, preaching or, or, or condemning. And, and so um, it's not 
easy to be um, humble if there is arrogance around. It's not easy to be simple if there is, when, when there's a lot of, when you're in a complex society and a highly evolved technological society, not easy, not, it's challenging. You can be considered uh, a foolish, a stupid, ignorant, low. And these are some of the terms that are applied to believers because they're so simple. It's not easy to be a person of faith in, 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 a, in an excessively, obs obsessively scientific technological society. <laughs> and I don't mean, you know, of course, genuine science, but then when it becomes a dogma, when science becomes a dogma or technology becomes a dogma and, be and takes on that arrogance, that it's not easy <laughs> to be a, a simple person of faith, you know? and saying, I believe in God, our Lord is God, our Lord is Allah, who creates this earth, you know. And so there's all kinds of sometimes excessively, um, I would say, intellectualized ways of, you know, um, addressing creation that, that, you know, part of the narrative that's now happening. And that's, that's fine. It's, it's maybe a loosening of the materialism, getting into it sort of consciousness and all that. But sometimes I feel it's like avoiding the main thing, avoiding Allah, you know. So that, that again is, is a challenge and where we, you know, we need to call on our, our, our hap, our courage, our amana. Um, those are just some of the, you know, challenges for, for us uh, uh, as dervishes. And then, of course, our practices, that's a challenge <laughs> just in itself. But, um, you know, inshallah, we, I think we all know how much they, they support us and, and, and not only support us, but they help us to evolve and help us to deepen. So to, to hold our practices, to be persistent, consistent in that is, is, is demanding needs strength, needs courage. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. To be a community in a, that's not easy either, to be communal in a very individualistic society where individualism is so prized. Is, is, you know, students are taught in school. If, if they're caught collaborating on, you know, on a test, I mean, that's cheating. That's cheating, that's not collaborating. <laughs> So to, to develop a communal culture uh, is challenging, but it's been given to us. And so that's one of our places where we need to be persistent and courageous and to reach out to each other and to our neighbors, to have that sense of neighborliness, to want to defend uh, creatures, you know, uh, the anima, <laughs> the ones animated by, by God, who are on four feet, on wings, and uh, flutter around, to want to defend them in a time where 
there's such a push to extract wealth from the earth, to extract wealth from other nations, to be oblivious to the needs of the tiniest beings, of the plants, of the trees. Takes courage, takes courage. Of the water, of the air. Yeah, takes courage, stand against all the toxins, the poisons that are being put in all of the elements. Alhamdulillah. May, may Allah make us um, the courageous ones and may Allah make us those who say our Lord is Allah and are steadfast and the angels descend upon us. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.